What is that strange sound? What? Sounds like an oncoming train. Look out! Oh no, wait a minute. The train sounded like a kazoo. This is Big Green. February of 2018. Right, right. Friday What a coin getting. Fantastic with Fantastic with me. We have another Ned Trek episode for you. It's Ned Trek 36. Grope in the fold. Grope in the fold. Grope in the fold. Grope in the fold. And what are beholden? We'll have some, we'll have some random surprise musical selections for you as well. Stay tuned. This is Lee Majors. Last week on the Six Million Dollar Man, I had a slow motion fight with the robot man I mistook to be my best friend. Oh, wait a minute. I'm supposed to be telling you all about what happened on Nedtrek. Last week on Nedtrek, the crew of the Free Enterprise had to go back into Earth's past to correct the damage that the crew of the Free Enterprise did when they went back into Earth's past. It was a paradox, which just happens to be the brand name of my favorite loafers. Hey, does anybody want to go to lunch? I only had some crackers and shit on the set, and I'm still hungry. Stay tuned. It's wild, Steve. It's wild. Space, the ultimate marketplace. These are the voyages of the Starship Free Enterprise. Its mission of undetermined length, um, until we're canceled, I guess, to seek out strange new commodities, exploitable alien workforces, to brazenly amass the largest profits that any corporation has before. can't keep this up. I must have done 150 reps. I'm so tired. That is inaccurate. You have only completed 0.4 full reps or possibly less. This machine is incapable of calculating in microdecimals. Well, that's impossible. I programmed the machine myself. It should have an understanding of falsifying the value of weights and measures equal to my own. That's it. 
I've tried exercising. I've tried dieting. Well, I thought about doing that stuff. Anyway, I know it doesn't work. Tired of dieting? Tired of leaving delicious blue pastry cubes in the space tray? Do you want to say farewell forever to enormous jiggling sectors of yourself? Yes! Um, yes! Try Beam Away and beam away those unwanted pounds into the icy cold of space. Bask in the feeling of relative weightlessness. Our new patented method of weight reduction utilizes futuristic transportation technology developed by fictional scientists at Desilu. But how does it work? This is how it works. Just provide your personal transportation profile to one of our smiling attendants. He'll feed your pattern data into our patented TransFet Porter controls. An advanced computer will trim down your pattern and then feed the digitized information back through the same transporter fed control. And then all you need to do is stand on your dinner plate and get ready with a surprised expression. You are then beamed into outer space. When you are beamed back, your unwanted pounds along with fat memories will be floating in space. Yes, yes, I think I need that. No bone, muscles, blood vessels, or organ meats will be affected. Only ugly fat. Well, that's all he is. I say go for it, Pearl. In my opinion, the lesser you, the better. Ned, where did you come from? Unfortunately, rooms where you skulk have doors. That is until I get the pittance the set carpenter makes back into the budget. And if you order now, you'll get free conserva flesh transporter stencils. With those, you can beam your fat back on board in the shape of famous conservative icons like Ronald Reagan and Newt Gingrich. You can have your own fat Gingrich. You mean that my own fat can be shaped into a political leader that I can advise? You've always talked out of your ass, Pearl, and now it looks like you could talk to your ass at the same time. If this thing beams you into space, you'll be dead, idiot. Although I guess the pounds will be gone as well. I'd give it a try if I were you. <laughs> this is Captain Middlebury's Romney. <laughs> I always wondered what Mitt was short for, and now I know. That's not your name, idiot. That's nobody's name. It's not a name at all. For the last year and change, we've been saying Willard Metalius Romney, but I don't expect anyone to remember that. So go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Well, now I plumb forgot why I pressed this oversized futuristic intercom button. <laughs> oh yeah, we're having a party. I wanted to invite everybody. And by everybody, I meant only the commissioned officers and my senior staff. I suppose we should beam down with a few of my staff of seniors as well, in case I need some food tasting done or if I have to have my shoes tied in an extra secure double knot. Oh yeah. We should take a brace of red-shirted die guys, too, just in case. In case of what, Dimwit? This is sure leave we're talking about, right? <laughs> right, Ned. But you can't have pleasure time without mixing in some pleasurable business. And it was my pleasure to tell you that right now. Yes, siree! Okay. Transporter said it is, then. How exciting. <laughs> well, here we all are in the transporter room. Everybody knows that already, idiot. We can all hear the woo-woo-woo-woo-woo sound effect. 
If we were on the bridge, then the audience would be hearing some other background sound that I can't so readily impersonate. <laughs> you know, I for one like that woo-woo-woo sound. What a grand room! It reminds me of an establishment in Clydehead, Oklahoma. High ceilings, crystal chandeliers, black African servant boys dressed up in colonial regalia, complete with powdered wigs. And look at that grand marble staircase. They didn't make us eat on the floor out of a trough, no! There we were treated like landed gentry. I reckon we were. What are you saying? This place is a joke. It's a conference room set with a big plastic table shoved slightly over to the side and a few dinner tables haphazardly placed in camera view with some quasi-Middle Eastern rugs draped on the walls. So let me get this straight. We're all spending our shore leave together. Why? The Confederation wants us to reaffirm our pirate rights on I'll kill your ass seven. That means we have to schmooze with the corrupt puppet leaders of the planet. I can hardly wait. And we have to collect the protection money. Either that or serve out the unfortunate consequences. <laughs> Which, as I understand it, involves us tying space cinder blocks around their ankles and then taking them to have a cannoli. <laughs> I hope they like cannolis. Ah, say, the entertainment here is first class. It's like being in Lynchburg after a hard day's lynching. What entertainment? That was just some waitress taking our orders. That'll be bourbon straight up, Mr. Chinaman. And don't try cutting it with any of your devilish slant-eyed sorcerer's brew of sake. What the? I'm not taking your freaking order, Doc. <laughs> I know what you mean, Doc. That Asian stuff turns you gay. It's a scientific fact. <laughs> a juggling monkey told me that. And I know it was true because it was his birthday. And monkeys can't lie on their birthdays. If they do, they'll turn into bewilder beasts. <laughs> That's another one of those scientific facts for you. Jesus, see what happens when you remove science from the schools. Something has to fill the vacuum. In this instance, it was a large case of idiot juice that got poured into your empty skull by morons and crypto-Nazis. <laughs> idiot, you say? Hey, then I could probably charge rent in there. Maybe a lot of rent. If they're idiots, they may not notice. You know, I always wanted to dip my toe into real estate. My man tells me the current climate is favorable, and especially since money laundering has been made de facto legal. <laughs> yep, real estate climate is going to be warming up big time. Lieutenant Barkbark. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's my dog. Lieutenant Washboards. Here's a credit. Give it a good old scrub down. Oh, what the heck. Here's a million credits. Go out and buy me a laundromat. <laughs> Uh, it looks like the entertainment has started. Pseudo-Middle Eastern music always sounds so exotic to the white suburbanites that watch this show and buy their muffin mixes from Nabisco. <laughs> That's space Nabisco now. A real solid company. Although if you add milk to it and put it in a pan, it should grow. Ah, uh, say, this dancer woman has got me all ruminated. 
Reminds me of the slave servants that I practiced on before I married my iron lady. Ak, I've never seen such entertainment. Captain, I'm gonna go introduce myself to the alien lass, and I'm bringing me bagpipes. <laughs> okay, Mr. Grape Juice, I mean Mr. Welch's, but don't go and rape and murder her. Or if you do, be sure to beam immediately back to the Free Enterprise. <laughs> we don't have an extradition agreement with El Kill Your Ass 7. Captain, I'm thanking you. Ah, uh, say, but Captain, it was me that had my eye on that devilish green harlot. I was gonna castigate her and subject her to a righteous stoning for her transgressions for being green and smiting thy lord. Of course I'd do that only after thoroughly testing the extent of her depravities. Coitus interruptus. Too late, Dr. Dolt. Welsh is already subjecting her to his horrid bag of pipes. God, I think I'm gonna chuck. Well, that would be great, Ned. I haven't seen Chuck in a while. What's wrong, Mr. Sulu? No raping and murdering for you? Oh, I forgot. You're a yellow man. And yellow and green together make an even more yellow kind of green. <laughs> hey, Ned, will someone beam down my crayons? I've got a new race theory that I need to test. <laughs> well, that sounded like some kind of animal call. And whatever it is sounds very, very hungry. It was that green dancing woman, idiot. Let's get over there now. Um, I think I'll stay here and make sure nobody takes our table. Don't worry, Pearl. The studio's not springing for any other extras in this episode. But what if the alien musical combo takes a break and sits down here? Then they'll be in the middle of the camera shot, and we'll be way over to the side. Get moving, Pearl! Oh my! She's been stabbed a dozen times! And there is Mr. Welsh holding a cartoonishly large knife dripping with blood. All that's missing is a thought bubble floating over Welsh's head that says, I did it! But it isn't there. <laughs> well, if that isn't proof of his innocence, I'm not sure what is. A weird alien breeze could have blown it away, Captain. We understand very little about the weather patterns on I'll kill your ass. Hey, Captain, why don't we dress her up in one of Mr. Stephanie's red uniforms, and then no one will care that she's dead. Ah, say, Mr. Welsh has alien blood on his hands. He should have wiped it off on that body over there. Ah, Captain, I just want to go home. Too late. The corrupt police commissioner is here, as well as the bought-off leader of the planet, who just happens to be hanging around. Leader of planets are all camera hogs in this show. Just show up with a cinema cam, and they'll all come by. It's guaranteed. What's all this, then? Looks like a hideous murder just took place. Oh, but wait a minute. You're all from Starfleet, aren't you? I guess the victim must have been a terrorist. Or maybe she got in the way of one of your speeding convoys of private contractors. Not that there's anything wrong with speeding through civilian areas in such reckless ways. At the very least, she was walking within 50 miles of our nearest green zone. So she was just asking for it. Captain Romney. I'm Mr. Perfectus, the head top chief prefect of the planet. Yeah, I figured you'd be coming by. 
Pleased to meet you, Prefect Perfectus. <laughs> you know, we have a tomato sauce on our planet that reminds me of you. It's called Ragu. Captain, we understand that things like this happen, and we have no intention of inconveniencing your people, or trying to hold anyone accountable, or subject them to a trial or hearing or anything like that. We haven't had anything like this happen on our planet for 50 million years, so it was just bound to happen any time now. You can all just go back to your ship. No problems here. That's right. It was inevitable that something like this was going to happen. After each millennium passes, the chances of it happening increased exponentially. I guess now we can say that the chances of it happening again in the same millennium are truly astronomical. And that would be a good thing, right? Thank you so much for helping us in this way. Commissioner, there are all kinds of witnesses in this alley. Look at the Urassan citizen over there, crashed out in the dumpster. He must have seen something. Don't you think you should talk to him and see what he knows and maybe kill him? And what about that Urassan alley cat over there? He looks like he just ate the Urassan canary. Shut your ass, Pearl. Nobody here cares what witnesses say, even if they can't speak English. The government has all been bought off with stacks of worthless alien currency that we print off in the Free Enterprise Fabricate Lab. Worthless? But I just sent away for a gloomy Gus Curio cabinet. I wanted to put all of my gloomiest figurines in it and then push it around in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> I'm so glad you came. Well, if there aren't any further questions, I guess we'll be on our way. Mr. Sulu, beam us up home. Uh, Captain, I'm obviously down here with the landing party. I can't beam you up, sir. Only someone on board the ship can do that. We freaking did it again. Beam down with the entire sentient crew, just leaving behind a skeleton crew of brainless clones and unpaid studio placeholders. Skeletons? I'd like to meet some of those. Are they very spooky? You're falling out of character, Holstein. Captain, I try to ask one of the brainless clones to beam us up. You'd probably have more luck with them as opposed to asking one of the studio's surly interns. They're always mean to me. They chant, Fat Pearl the Water Rat when I walk by. I mean, it doesn't even work as a chant. It's very awkward. They should try something like Burly Pearl from Waterworld. That would hold up better and at the same time not be quite so hurtful. Shut up, Pearl. <laughs> it's been decided. Willard McClucky and Romney to the Free Enterprise. Mr. Stephanie T. Do you read me, Mr. Stephanie T? This is, um... The Free Enterprise, uh, Mr. Um, Stephanie T here, sir. <laughs> Mr. T, good, you're alive. I need you to beam us back to the ship. We're in a bit of an embarrassing sticky pickle down here, <laughs> and beaming us up would solve everything. Do you read me, Ensign? Um, yes, sir, but there's one problem, sir. The studio interns are having a beer blast in the transporter room set and said under no circumstances, can I go in there? Not unless I undergo some kind of a radical medical procedure and then arrive inside a cake. I don't understand it, sir. 
<laughs> Neither do I. But a beautiful chocolate cake sounds like just the ticket right now. I'll talk to the idiots in the transporter room. Open that communicator for me, fool. This is Ned to the transporter room, geeks. You better pick up the phone. Oh, yes, Mr. Ned. Please don't get sore at us. I see you remember what happened the last time you got my withers up. We sure do, Commander Ned. And Chester's face still has a huge hoof indentation in it. So whenever we forget, all we have to do is look at his face, sir. On the other hand, you call us man sometimes and we like that. Famous the hell out of here! Or else I'll monogram the rest of your stupid heads for sure. We can't, Mr. Ned. Someone poured what looks like a vat of chicken fat all over the transporter control circuits. The system is inoperable. He's right. If I didn't know better, I'd say the pool of fat looks a little like Newt Gingrich. Um, I better go down the alley and look for clues. Yeah, a matchbook that has the killer's address on it or something like that. See ya! Pearl, you idiot! Your stupid weight reduction plan destroyed the transporter, and you don't even look any slimmer. Begging your pardon, sir, but you could try to walk around the building to the other sound stage. Shut up, Geek One! Oh! Captain, but if we don't beam up, the sham government on this planet is going to start being pressured by their normally beaten and compliant populace to do something to us, you know, like make us face some consequences for the alleged depraved acts of our mentally imbalanced engineer. It's unfair, I know, but that's just how some primitive societies operate. You know, I've heard of that thing called consequences before, and I always thought it was just one of those wild theories. <laughs> no, wait a minute. It was a TV show I'm thinking of. Captain, I'm afraid that your fat commander is quite correct. See, Pearl, everybody notices your equator. Our non-prosecutory agreement with Starfleet is contingent on your officers leaving fast after said misdeeds are perpetrated. Yes, that's how it works outside of the Green Zone. If this had happened inside the Green Zone, then all would be well, and you would all be enjoying an after-murder party by now. <laughs> Fine. Mr. Ned, how much green paint do we have left in the saddlebags? I'm not wearing saddlebags, idiot. I'm just standing next to Pearl. I'm afraid I'm now going to have to take your Mr. Welsh into custody. But don't worry. If you get your transport machine working again, you could beam him away, and we'll just all stand there and look around dumbfounded. Hey, I know. Just blame the crime on one of the bums that hang around here, or on a political dissident. They probably did something illegal anyway, so it wouldn't really be a miscarriage of justice. Not that those kinds of miscarriages lose us any sleep. I have some clients that sport little black mustaches. Metaphorically speaking, of course. Most of them are clean-shaven. <laughs> Mr. Clean! I think I understand what you're saying, Mr. Pearl. And I believe something like that can be arranged. We still need to have a sham hearing, and possibly even a sham trial. Captain, it would be in everyone's interest if you clean up your Mr. Welsh a bit before the hearing. At least get the blood off of him. And that look of drunken mayhem... You may try to do something about that as well. He's got a red frickin' shirt on. 
<laughs> Mr. Welsh, it pains me to say this, but we're going to have to confiscate your bag of pipes. <laughs> I'll send Ensign Ainita Cullen over to collect them from you. And to take your deposition. <laughs> Try not to ogle her too much. I think she may be married. <laughs> Just wait until I tell Anne. Ah, <laughs> uh, Captain, I can't believe this is really happening. You're taking me pipes. So we've been sitting around this alien conference table for about two hours. Where the hell is Welsh? Pearl, I thought you were going to put him in a suit and comb his hair out of his eyes, pour seven pots of coffee down his mullet, and sit him down here. Yes, I did all that. I dressed him in a little Lord Fauntleroy outfit to help gain sympathy from the crowd and the victim's family and whatever. We would all be able to see that he was a boy of great expectations. And who would want to take that away from him? Where the hell is he now, fool? Oh, well, Ensign Anita Cullen is taking his deposition in the cloak closet. <laughs> that sounds like just the ticket. And everybody knows what happens in the closet stays in the closet. <laughs> what the hell? Not again! Oh, don't worry. Walsh has probably just reached the part of his deposition where the first victim screamed. You can really tell he's done a lot of voice work. That sounded so realistic. Um, I'm apparently opening the closet door. And then I'll go back to not saying anything for the next half hour. Did you guys really need me in this episode? is in here with Edson Cullen, and she's apparently dead. He's got blood all over his little Lord Fauntleroy outfit. Damn it! I told him that's a rental. Oh well, blood all over his rich boy attire shouldn't hurt his chances with a jury. They'll understand. <laughs> that's right. I've gotten peasant blood on my reptilian crocodile loafers before. It's all part of doing successful business in the lawless southern part of the galaxy. He murdered someone, Willard! Yeah, but people die all the time on these planets. Who's to say she wouldn't have been killed in some traffic accident? A space car or something? Or some other maniac out to get kicks in this heckhole? That's right! A space coconut could have fallen on her noggin and caused most of those injuries. <laughs> other than the lacerations, of course. <laughs> For those, a much pointier kind of fruit needs to be implicated. Willard! She was a member of your crew! She wasn't from I'll Kill Your Ass 7! That's right. I've lost a man. <laughs> I've lost a woman. We should dress her up in alien garb. Try some Polynesian getup. Something that would go with the coconuts. It's not my place to point this out, but if you forgive me, everyone in the hearing room can hear what you're all saying. That doesn't bother us. Everyone in the provinces knows how the sausages of imperialism are made. And that's part of what puts the terror in Reign of Terror. Sounds like we better get some umbrellas out and maybe put some bibs on, too, if it's going to start raining sausages. Hey, sausages. What if Ensign Whatever actually gets made into sausages? There's no body, there's no crime. Corpus absitanus. Ah, uh, say, and then we can all be enjoying sausages. 
Where's that waitress? Why, doctor, I'm surprised at you. This is an inquiry regarding the wanton murder of an I'll kill your ass in citizen. We don't serve meals at these events. Now at our trials, that's another thing entirely. <laughs> I understand they all devolve into real sausage parties. Oh, Jesus. Captain, please have your Mr. Welsh brought in here immediately. We're about to go ahead with the proceedings. Sure thing, your perfect tutory. I'm on it. Mr. Welsh, get yourself out here and sit down next to the doctor. <laughs> and try not to kill anyone for a while. Or at least not until we get that consignment of green zone paint I ordered. I ordered it with Starfleece's Prime account, so it should come pretty quick. Okay, Captain, he's sitting down. As High Prefect of I'll Kill Your Ass too, I call this inquiry to order. Ah, see, I told you what my order is, and it's still the same. Sausages, my good sir, sausages. Oh, just give him one so he'll shut up. Oh, very well, Captain. Do what you can to keep your men still. And so by the powers vested in me, by the corrupt feudal lords of this planet, and by the corrupt corporations that own Starfleece and the Confederation of Planets, I will be presiding over these proceedings. Oh, well, that's a relief. At least he knows what side of his bread is buttered. I say, I'll be requiring some of that bread, too, at this inquiry. Yes, see to it. Now Mr. Holstein will be acting as our government's counsel. Who, may I ask, will be acting as Mr. Welsh's counsel? Surely one of you is willing to speak for the accused? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, we all think he's guilty, but I guess I can stand up in front of the room and just as easily think that. Fine. Now, Mr. Holstein, please call your first witness. Um, sure, okay. I call Lemwy Bumdrunk to the stand, or to the front of the room. Hey, wasn't that the bum guy we saw out in the alley where the first murder took place? <laughs> or he could have been the putty cat. Looks like one of our non-talking extras. This is gonna be bad. For sure. The funny thing is that he'll probably have more lines than I get. Now, Mr. Bumtrunk, what were you doing in the alley on the night of Glob Day, the 7th of Grumpo? Which is today, I guess. <laughs> you know, they use the Grambian calendar. What a small universe. Bain Galactic downsized the company that used to print those out. We took out weekends and big Polish wedding holidays that involved big party kielbasa. Ah, say, where are my ancient sausages? Mr. Holstein, this inquiry is going off track. Please ask your questions of this witness. Oh, yes, sure. Please, Mr. Bumdrunk, what were you doing the night of the 7th of Grumpo? I was appearing here, sir, at this hearing. Oh, yeah, I meant a little earlier than that. I was indisposed, sir. And in what manner were you indisposed? Were you unable to see or hear? It was terrible. My head was stuck in a jar. 
probably had one of our spacesuits on. They're made mostly of discarded jelly jars and tin foil. Wasn't a fluffernutter jar? <laughs> the fluffernutter of astronauts. Captain, please, please, continue answering the counselor's questions, Mr. Bumdrunk. Yes, Prefect. I was trying to get that last liquid jelly out of the jar, and it was way in there. And so I was reaching and reaching with my tongue. He's lying. Please control yourself, counsel for the defense. Proceed, Holstein. Um, that's very interesting, Mr. Bumtrunk. But can you help elucidate what happened in the alley with the murder? I object! The death of the alien woman can't be characterized as a murder until criminal intent is determined. Ah, say! The Jew lawyer is correct! The accused admitted to me only last week that his hobby is killing impure alien prostitutes. Although first he has to thoroughly test his hypothesis and determine that they are without a doubt impure. Jesus did as much in the tale of the space mariner. What I have just divulged to you is my own hobby. Therefore, it is inadmissible in this courtroom. Uh, continue with your testimony, Mr. Bum Trunk. <laughs> well, my head was way up in the jar, but I could hear a ruckus, and I heard the voice of a Confederation soldier and the dancer lady. I turned that way, and I could see through the jar that he had his bagpipes out. And he was coming toward the lady, and then a great gob of jelly blocked the rest of what transpired. For the jar was hollow, and I had touched the jelly. Um, yes. Uh, Mr. Pearl, do you have any questions for this witness? No, I, I mean, of course. Mr. Bumdrunk, what you've said... And what you've claimed to have witnessed is nothing more than we already know. We all knew that Mr. Welsh and the green alien prostitute had entered the alley. We knew that he had his bagpipes out. It seems that you were only parroting back what you heard others say, or what you've seen written up in a space tabloid. Your obvious antipathy toward the Confederation and Starfleet's personnel is well documented by the state. I think it's highly likely that you dressed up like Mr. Welsh, killed the woman, all to make the Confederation look bad. You plan to ride a growing wave of public dissension and use it to claim a place on the ruling council, no less. I submit to you that you killed the Nameless Dancer as a preamble to your plot to undermine the Confederation's relationship with this government and to rule this world. He's a freaking bum that had his head stuck in a jelly jar, idiot. Although we should be lucky enough to be ruled by that caliber of man. Mr. Bumdrum, you may step down. I now call to the front of the room the guy that comes to collect and clean the curtains for Desi Arnaz. His specialty is removing vomit stains. <laughs> it turns out that he had an acting role in third grade. It was an unforgettable performance of Little Miss Muffet. That's starting pretty early, I have to say. Unfortunately, he had to put his acting career on hold for the next 50 years. The good news is, is that he decided to resume it right now, 
and right in our time of need. So here he is, folks, Mr. Ducurtins. Come up and take your place. Uh, no, over here in the general direction of where the camera is pointing now. That's better. Now, Mr. Ducurtins, you were in the restaurant set pretending to play some kind of swami pipe while the murdered, I mean, while the dead woman, before she was dead, of course, was dancing. The Starfleet men were all at one table. What did you see from your place on the bandstand? I saw a lot of runs hanging in the studio wall. And I was wondering if I could get the contract for cleaning them. I thought one of them had some vomit on it. That is my company's specialty. Have vomit, we're on it. It's a motto. <laughs> He's working for me now. <laughs> I just bought that company. Mr. Croutons, start packing up your cleansers. You're going to the Philippines. Um, Mr. Ducurtins, on the night in question... Did you see one of the Starfleet's men leave for the unfortunate dancer woman? I was really into the tune at the time. We had a really solid groove going, and it was leading to some far-out places, musically speaking. But I did see the accused leave with the woman. Mr. Ducurtins, isn't it true that some musicians resort to mind-altering drugs in order to enhance their performance? Or at least, their experience of their performance. Yes, it was the case with Bird, and with Coltrane, and with... Yes, yes. And is it not the case that when a musician or any man is, quote, high on one of these mind-altering drugs, they misperceive the world, their senses are impaired? Once when playing, I saw a great yellow blimp descend upon me. That's happening now! It's also known as the Council for the Defense. Oh, Your Honor, I object. Sustained. Continue with your questions, Commander Pearl. Thank you, Your Honor. <laughs> now, Mr. Ducurtins, so this woman, the late nameless dead one, I mean, so she went outside with the Starfleet's officer. So what? That must happen all the time. And she was just asking for it, wasn't she? And who really cares if she gets what she's asking for? She was nothing. A nobody. Didn't even have a name. And Mr. Welsh is an officer. Maybe not a great man, but one who serves a great man. And, well, maybe he doesn't serve a great man, but he serves a great cause. I put it to you as a man of business. Another dead nobody in the course of normal commerce signifies nothing. The Spice Space Road is paved with anonymous nothing people. Who cares? She was my daughter. Well, good for you. <laughs> Congratulations on that. How's the rest of the family, anyway? Just so you know, statistically speaking, the rest of them are unlikely to be murdered in a hideous way now. <laughs> you know, you may want to thank Mr. Walsh for that. Maybe we should move on to another witness. Since she was a little girl... She washed curtains for me. What the hell? This shit is all mixed up. 
He's a pretend musician in the show. The curtain cleaning is his real life job. That's technically correct. But just because he's a musician doesn't mean that he doesn't have his curtains cleaned. And who better to do that than a nameless, shameless, deviant daughter? Mr. Two Curtains, how did she go about cleaning the curtains? Did she do it with men in attendance? Lots of men? I think we don't need to hear any more of this line of questioning, Commander. Mr. Duke Curtains, you may step down and go back to whatever it is you were doing before. Thank you, Prefect. My brother-in-law has been driving my alien space truck while I've been here. I'm sure he's been robbing me blind. I now ask Mr. Welsh to come up here in front of the room. Oh, no! I'm sure he's going to kill again, but it'll be the audience this time. He's so freaking bad. Please state your full name for the record, Mr. Welsh. Ak, you just said it. I don't think I have a full name. I never needed one before. Yeah, you did. With some half-assed joke name, like Monahue Crab Ashton Walsh III, or something ridiculous like that. <laughs> okay, then, if that is correct, then just please nod your head. Fine. Now, Mr. Montague Crabastian Walsh III, do you have any dispute with the facts that have so far been laid before this inquiry? And I am referring now only to the established facts leading up to the death of the unnamed green victim. <laughs> Ox, that's what you all been telling me. I was blackout drunk. I could have been a contender in a Shetland pony contest for all I knew. Sorry, I just can't help you. But you're not denying the events as told by the others, correct? Why would I want to deny it? From what I understand, I do some of my best acting work when I'm blackout blotto. That's right. Last time it happened, he ended up on the roof of the ship's saucer section, serenading the Nixon android with a selection of bagpipe sonatas. Yes, that's the truth. I'm incapable of telling a lie. He lured me up there with his finest malt and then made me put a wig on of long red hair. I thought I made a real friend that night, a soulmate, and then he tried to short-circuit me with an electric cattle prod. Ugh. I had to order a replacement keister from the Moronians. It doesn't fit into my space pants. I thought we all agreed that he's not in this episode. Um, Prefect Perfectus, I request a short, um, what is the legal word? Um, an intermission in the proceedings. A pause, a break, a short interval. Oh, it's, it's on the tip of my tongue. It's not intermezzo, is it? I like that word. An adjournment, try that one. Recess. Can we have one of those, Prefect? If Mr. Holstein concurs, then why the hell not? Oh, sure. I'd be happy to help get the plot out of this quagmire. Very well, then. A ten-minute recess it is. Thank you, Your Honor. Captain, we need to shake this thing up in some way. We need a surprise witness that can fill in the missing lie. <laughs> I know. 
How about a holy magic angel that was there at the scene? One that knows all and sees all and carries on as ethereal person said golden tablets. Who couldn't believe that? Hey, now that Nixon is here, maybe we can use him. Let's say he has the power to determine if someone is lying. He can just shake someone's hand, and if they're guilty, then his eyes light up and his head spins around. Something like that. You do know that the Urassens can hear you plotting. Oh, they don't care. They'll play along. They know this game. They're just putting on a show for the filthy alien vassals, all wallowing in their alien vassal dirt. That's most certainly correct, Mr. Pearl. We're paid to play, you might say. Ha ha ha. Ha ha. Uh, I hate to be the Belusian fly in the space ointment, but we're supposed to be back on the free enterprise for the second half of the hearing, or trial, or whatever this is supposed to be. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. There's no stage direction in these scripts. Okay, how do we get up there? What plot device is prescribed? One of the usuals? I've been leafing through the script to find some clue and there's nothing. It's typical third season crap. Nobody's even making a pretense of trying. Uh, why don't we just go back to the U.S. and restaurant set? Move the dining tables aside and put the conference room table back where it was. Somebody will have to get those Middle Eastern rugs off the walls. I'm not doing it. <laughs> you know, we'll also need the woo-woo-woo sound. But I can have Rodrigo do that. Who will let the dogs out? Woo-woo-woo. Ned, we could just leave the rugs in place. What are they going to do? Cancel us sooner? Okay, it does leave us with some continuity problems, but that's what producers are for. I'm sure they're up to the task. I saw one of them the other day. He was cleaning up after his dog on the soundstage. He knows what he's doing. He had his own little baggies. So we're in the conference room set on board the Free Enterprise now. Except it still looks half like a your ass in restaurant. Whatever. Captain, you asked us to reconvene on board the ship so we could take advantage of your advanced lie detector gizmology. And also so that we, the rulers of Alkilias 7, will be insulated from the backlash from our fellow countrymen after the inevitable exoneration of your officer. No problemo. <laughs> Always glad to help out. That was great, Prefect Perfectus. A very concise explanation there. Well done. If it will help, we can send you back with a couple of dead red-shirted Mr. Stephanie clones. One of them used to be Welsh's stuntman, I think. He looks a little like him when he's dead. Since you've been such good sports, we can even throw in a few Rodrigos. <laughs> My manservant's Mexican relatives keep flooding in here, all part of chain migration. <laughs> as soon as we pitch one back, another one drops down from the ceiling. Dang nuisances is what I call them. Although I enjoy hearing about these dead men, I'd feel duty-bound to resume with the tribunal, or hearing, or whatever it is. Yes, yes, I call this inquiry trial thing back to order. Mr. Pearl, do you have a witness to call? Yes, Prefect. I call the android President Nixon to the stand. I can't take the stand. I'll die first. My memory tapes are set to self-destruct as soon as I'm called to give testimony. 
The first one is igniting. I'm burning. I'm burning. Don't worry, Nixon. I'm just interested in utilizing your lying circuitry. Mr. Welsh reversed the polarity on your Fibotronic contrivalator, and now you'll have the ability to tell when other people are lying. I wondered what he was doing down there. I thought he was programming me to play his bagpipes. Now all Nixon has to do is shake someone's hand, and we'll all know if they're lying. It works in retrospect as well. I know that Elvis was lying to me and to all of us when he took my hand in the Oval Office. He didn't want to fight drug abuse. He wanted to abuse drugs himself. Still for me, I'll always picture the king on his throne. Wells programmed him. Well, that's not ethical. Oh, Jesus. I forgot where I was for a second. Okay, this is fun. Let's test this out first. Nixon, shake hands with the captain. I can do that. It will be my pleasure, Mr. Nixon, sir. <laughs> How are you, sir? <laughs> How are you? Now, while you're shaking hands, I'll ask the captain a simple question. Captain Romney, what did you have for breakfast today? <laughs> well, that's a tough one. Let's see. I think I had a filet of Eshimolean suckerfish, along with a platinum bowl of Denebian wombat chowder. That is correct. I detect no physiological changes. No, that's right. I had Moleflake cereal. We're certainly sucking the life out of that company. <laughs> and we've got a bunch of boxes of that stuff lying around. That is correct. I detect no physiological changes. Well, that thing works great. Proved that Willard is an idiot who honestly doesn't even know what he had for breakfast. <laughs> you know, I think I just had a wheel of goat toast this morning. Yeah, it works great. Okay, Nixon, I want you to shake the hand of Mr. Welsh while I ask him some questions. I can do that. How are you doing, Mr. Welsh? Aka got me flask, and I'm thinking about me pipes. What more can a man ask for? Now, Mr. Welsh, please state your full name for the record. Aka don't remember. That is correct. I detect no physiological changes. Well, that checks out. Now, Mr. Welsh, did you kill the green dancing woman in the restaurant scene at the beginning of the episode? Oh, my God. The lights just went out. Jesus! This freaking studio! They can't even manage to keep the lights on! Desi Arnaz probably drank away the utility money again! I'll get the light switch. Hang on. Oh my god, again! Walsh is holding the body of Mr. Holstein, and he's dead. I guess we win the case, then. I'm not quite dead yet, but I'm very close. Oh, now I'm dead. Wells, why'd you freaking do it? Well, I tried to say it like I cared. Ack, but I didn't kill the horrid little man, even though he was prosecuting me to the best of his ability. Then who did it, pray tell? The perfectest prefect over there? Could be. It wouldn't be the first time that one of the Confederation's hand-picked strongmen, shall I say, went a little too far and then had to be reined in. 
Are you suggesting that I kill Mr. Holstein? What could I possibly have to gain from killing my own man? Maybe nothing, but maybe everything. If he was being groomed as your successor, perhaps it went to his head, and he began to think you were the only thing standing in his way of absolute power. Maybe he thought he was killing you softly with his song, and with poison. I knew it was a problem when I saw that picture of Rumsfeld shaking his hand. Good idea, Ned. Nixon, shake the prefect's hand. With great pleasure. Put her there, Prefectus. I will not shake the robot president's hand. I will not. I've never killed anyone, nor do I intend to stop. That's not what the captain's log says. And we should know. A couple of interns are writing all about you and your depraved ways. Later tonight, if I'm not too sleepy, I'll be checking their work for typos. <laughs> you should shake his hand, Prefect. Elvis did it, and so did Sonny Bono. Or was that Sammy Davis Jr.? Either way, you're in good company. I won't. I won't. Gotcha now. Now, Prefect, did you murder Mr. Holstein when the lights went out? <laughs> That's the night that the lights went out in Georgia. Do, 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 do. Of course I didn't. I was nowhere near the man. Inaccurate, inaccurate, and all kinds of physiological changes. Ah, uh, say, that confession via fangled machine is all we needed. Now let's put him overboard in a box, and then on to our next righteous assignment in the galaxy of the little doggies. Wait, I'm getting something else from way back in his subconscious. It's pure evil, but it's something I can work with. Lost for power. Death squads. Hatred. Hatred of democracy. Suppression of the masses. Reza. Reza. Samosa. Diwali. Franco. Marcos. Pinos. <laughs> Pinocchio. Shut up, Willard. We're trying to tie this thing up. I hope. Pinochet! Hey, Nixon! I've got a bunch of my business cards here. Is there any way you can distribute them inside of the prefect's subconscious? into mass graves! Hey, that sounds more like one of our guys. Ah, say, the Perfectowitz and the Robot Nixon are engaging in combat in the hand-to-hand -hand variety. Just ripped Nixon's arms off. Now we're gonna need someone else at the communications council. <laughs> They're both running around the room. I think someone must have changed the channel to Benny Hill. 
Yes, I can hear the somber accompaniment from the opera Yakety Sex. That's our own freaking action music, idiot! Look out, fool! Ah, uh, say, the prefect just tripped over one of our cables and brought down one of the big HMI lights down on his noggin. He's dead, sir! Yeah, but Mr. Holstein is alive again. I just saw him get up. He must think the scene is over. Don't make a move, any of you. I can see where this plot is going, and I don't like it. And judging by the show's ratings, I'm not alone. Although on the bright side, I did get to be dead for about ten minutes, and that was nice and gloomy. You're falling out of character again, Deadstein. I know what I'm doing, Mr. Horse, and my oddities, quirks, and strange little eccentricities will suit me only too well as I prepare to take on my new role as the Prefect of Achillier S7. You know, he's got a point there. And I wasn't just referring to the giant dagger that he just picked up from the evidence table. You know, he does seem like someone we can do business with after all. <laughs> I guess we can look upon his violent behavior as an application to be a new strongman for one of the Confederation's premier client states. Then we all seem to be in agreement, which is a happy thing. Now, if you could please beam me down to my golden palace, I'd be very grateful. We'd only be too glad. Well, go print him off a few hundred stacks of his planet's worthless currency. It will look good in the palace counting house. <laughs> I'll do that, and maybe a wee bit more. <laughs> You'll be a wealthy man, Trollstein. Prefect Holstein, you're going to be needing some advanced weapon systems and some training for your elite goon forces. I recommend the Crotus School of Antares. I would be more than glad to advise you on all these matters. Um but I'd like my compensation in gold. Not that there's anything wrong with your worthless currency. I mean, it's very colorful and has a decent likeness of Lee Kwan on it. Okay, you all make you suffer. Everybody die, die, die. Hey. Oh, oh, don't worry, everyone. I was just trying out my desperate chops. I think we have a set of those in the galley, but thanks. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So in one hour, we've managed to murder three and one-half people, we've subverted a tribunal, kidnapped high officials, assassinated the highest government official, and now we're installing an obvious maniac into the power seat. Yes, I think it's all stuff mandated by the Confederation's subprime directive. <laughs> it's pretty groovy. Mr. Walsh, if you could escort El Presidento to the transporter room, he can start his new tyrannical regime, and we can get underway to our next third season assignment. Captain, I wouldn't mind escorting Mr. Holstein down to the planet, if you'd permit it. I never got much of a shore leave, and neither did any of us. I barely got a chance to look at that colorful prostitute down there before our engineer took to lethally puritizing her. <laughs> I know what you mean. Mr. Sulu, help Rodrigo move the conference table back over to the side of the room, and let's get those Middle Eastern rugs back up on the wall. We're going out tonight. <laughs> I'd clap, but my disembodied arms might be taken from Mazorkian clapping cobras. 
they could be shot and then turned into dance shoes. You know, it's funny you should say that, sir. I was just going to propose that you paint yourself green and take a spot in the center of the dance floor. Look at me, Mom, on my dancing machine. <laughs> Splinters already. Right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Say it again. takeoff on an episode of Star Trek called Wolf in the Fold, which I was sure was a third season episode, but it was a season two. It, it sucks so bad you'd think uh, no, it would be the third season. That was the thing. I thought, I thought it had to be third season. Oh my goodness. Well, you know, it's the first time we've done a uh, courtroom drama. Yes, it turned into a courtroom drama. It was a dramatic courtroom drama. It was a dramatic drama. It was a dramatic drama. Kept it. <laughs> Captain, I'm afraid. Captain, I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm afraid. He never said that. <laughs> I know. I never said that. Captain, I'm Captain. They'd always like have the, the girls would say that. It's like, oh, her would say, Captain, I'm afraid. That's Captain, like, of I'm course. Afraid. Of course. Of course, she ought to say. Of Just course, don't of course, need of to course. Be afraid. The Daleks are here! That can't be true. So, Jerry, I heard that one of the Daleks is running for president in 2020. I did not know that. Would you like to interview the Dalek that is running? Yes, I believe so. Okay, here he comes. Do you have him on the phone? Yes, yes, he's coming. He's coming now. (laughs) Yes, what do you want? Hello, is this Mr. Dalek? Yes, obviously. Is this the Dalek that is running for president? Yes, I have thrown my electrodes into the ring. I'm very glad to hear this. I will be running for the nomination of the Republican Party in 2020. Can you talk about your platform? What differentiates you from the other candidates? My platform is electromagnetic and I am able to hover. Have you gotten the support of John Robot? I don't know John Robot, but I suspect that he is inferior (laughs) and will be annihilated. He's in the box next to your chair. Oh, I see him now. (laughs) 
I perceive his inferiority. <laughs> He's plainly inferior. <laughs> well, what do you have to say for yourself? I will be running for the Republican nomination. <laughs> I have no baggage. I have not had my lawyer pay on a porn star. <laughs> Okay, quiet. The bar is fairly low. <laughs> it's a little low. It's a little low. Yes. Yeah, I haven't. <laughs> the bar is comically low. <coughs> you have to kind of stoop to be president now. Yes, you do. You have to stoop very low. Oh, dear. Yes, uh, what Joe alluded to is we have several boxes of robots. Appears to be my robot collection from long ago. We have an entire family of robots sitting. (laughs) Some of my my worst uh, examples of robots are out in the open. Where's Mr. Flash? Mr. Flash was my favorite robot. Mr. Flash is locked away in a box. Was he in this box? Yeah, he's in in one of the boxes, yeah. Mr. Flash. He is inside. Mr. Flash was an early 60s or late 50s robot. Mr. Flash was a Cragston. This is like, said it like, it's a Cragston. It's a Cragston robot. (laughs) It's like a kind of show. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a Cragston robot. It's a Cragston robot, like Mr. Atomic. Is it Empyrean design on the Cragston? Empyrean design. You can see the streamlining. They used a uh, Bakelite for the first ones. And oh, yeah. This is way back. Yes, of course. That was before. before Open it up. Well, that was during the, the occupation of Japan. Of course, but then. Of course, those. <laughs> those. Yes. yes. No, we don't have any vintage robots except for Mr. Flash. Yeah, we always wanted, like, Mr. Atomic. Or... Yes. So Unfortunately, he was $18,600. <laughs> the only one I ever knew of, a friend of ours had, and their mother crept on it. <laughs> <laughs> or so the story goes. <laughs> yes. Uh, could be. Could True be. story. Well, <laughs> as yes. relayed to me. True. as <laughs> I didn't see the crap. It's true that it was relayed to you. <laughs> Uh, for all i know for all i know so anyway joe what's new in the world what's happening in politics joe what's happening in politics besides the dalek running for president well that's the most exciting um news i've heard all week Aside from like people being machine gunned and <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yes, that's always delightful. But don't worry, Joe. Hopes and prayers will <laughs> Hopes and prayers. Matt. Hopes and prayers have been sent out. And then maybe one day it won't be too one soon day. for Marco Rubio to do something. <laughs> my my hopes and prayers all lie with Marco Rubio. Little Marco. My hopes and prayers with Marco Rubio. My hopes and prayers are with him. Someday he'll do something really good. Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio. I'd vote for him! 
Instead of the dollar. Here's something else <laughs> about Marco Rubio. Just a few things I'd like to say. This <laughs> like turned into a rocker. Because Marco's hip. Marco's hip. That's right. We don't have any music in this episode, do we? No, there's no music. No, no, we'll, have to, we'll have to cough up some music. There's a big trial kielbasa on this one. Yes. But we should explain some of the references, some of the inside jokes in there. Yeah, let's see. Like that reference to kielbasa was, was to that... <laughs> It used to be written on the side of the Havana still is. store. Really? Yes. It's like the big party wedding. Yeah, kielbasa. wedding and big party, home of wedding and big party. Kielbasa. Yeah, it's like been written on the side of a building. It's still in there. The Utica area for like 50 years or something. Yeah, they've kind of stylized it a little bit, but it's still there. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, that Havanaowitz is still there. That. I knew that Havanaowitz was still there. That. Because they they have this like horrid like meats meat ad in every issue of the local paper, which is nothing but meat. That's true. <laughs> That's their specialty. Meat. Jesus Christ. <laughs> nothing but meat. My new store. Nothing but meat. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I go to meet people. They're going for a meet and greet. <laughs> like some horrid recipe in there. <laughs> Every time, too. But this is a gigantic supplement that's like right after the front page. It's like, holy crap. Shenatry's really does this stuff. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of Shenatry's. I'm thinking of Shenatry's. Shenatry's does a lot of like okay. meat. I think I'm thinking of Sh- Sorry, I guess I owed apology to the good people. Well, there was that, there was that Shenatry's ad that had like a prayer about being kind to all the living creatures. Oh, yeah. Every living creature That's and like then next to it. Ham. <laughs> ham for sale. Like, like tons of ham. Roast. It's like being kind. Of, what about the what about the porky pig? What about pig the porky pig? What about the porky pig? What about the pinky pork? Picking a poke. Yeah, it's pretty horrible. Oh, it's terrible. <sighs> but your nail. Animals always get a raw deal, Joe. Yeah. And sometimes they get a cooked deal. That's right. That's why some of us stopped eating meat many years ago. That's right. Many years <laughs> ago. Even even the Daleks restrained themselves. <laughs> we abstain from meat. <laughs> but not killing. Yeah, well, they kill for We just don't eat anything we kill. <laughs> they kill for fun. <laughs> Then sport. We go for sport. We go for sport. Oh no! I dropped one of the wooden balls. Oh my goodness! I must find it. It's right it, there. Though. It's right there. It's right there. It's right there. Right in front of you. So we killed off. <laughs> we killed off John Hurt again. I know. It keeps happening. There is killing people off in our show. It keeps happening. We bring them back just to kill them off again. And this time you killed off um, Gladstone Goodstein. No, he was still alive. <laughs> Yeah, well, he came back. He's still alive. He's <laughs> oh, still alive. I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, he was dead oh, for a little now while. Now I'm dead. 
Yeah, that was kind of unexplained. Yeah, there's a lot of them. <laughs> well, the actual episode in the Star Trek episode, there's the the, Mr. the character yeah, Mr. Hengist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Hengist and Horsa. That little guy there. <laughs> yeah, I almost called him Horsa, yeah. by the way. Yeah, Horsa. Just so you know. Yeah, so it'd be Hengist and Horsa. Yeah. Which both mean horse. <laughs> figured, figured nobody would get the joke, so I didn't. <laughs> for once, except Dan for once I and he doesn't listen. For once, I restrained <laughs> an inside joke. Incredibly inside joke. But, um, yeah, he, like, <laughs> died and then came back to life. Yeah, Hengist did. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Yeah. Hengist. And die, then, die. And then they killed him. And then the Red Jack spirit. Because <laughs> they beamed him yeah. into space. Right, that's right. <laughs> I make you suffer, everybody die. That was a terrible <laughs> episode. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty Look how he killed the, you know, every time he killed somebody, it's like, it, he's supposed to live off fear and terror. The terror and fear he's living off is like two seconds long. I know. Because he just kills him immediately. It's like, where was the fear? And he's supposed know, to... He should have just run for president. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> the Mexicans are gonna kill you. Yeah, I know. I could, could, could have scared us for four years. Descending time, descending rapists, <laughs> the rapists, and some I assume, some are, good I assume are good people. Some I assume are good people. <laughs> some I assume. Yeah, what if John Hurt played <laughs> Trump? I know. It's too late for that. It's too late for that. My God. Oh, my MS 13. <laughs> I could I could read some of Trump's tweets in in John Hurt's voice. Oh, well, that would be excellent. Everyone, I'm sure everyone would want to hear that. Who wouldn't want to hear that? Indeed, I certainly would. I'll Let's play see. some hold music. Yeah, just play some music while I'm looking for some tweets. So. Russia started started their anti-U.S. campaign in 2014, long before I announced that I would run for president. (laughs) The results of the election were not impacted. The Trump campaign did nothing wrong. No collusion. That was one of his most recent... No collusion. I guess I'm not on Twitter, so I can't pull up tweets very easily. Oh, my God. I'm just looking for news stories that show his tweets. Who is not, not on Twitter? Other, I'm not finding any others, Joe. Who is not on Twitter? I could I could read the full indictment that just came out for those uh, 13. Well, that would be entertaining. For the 13 Russians that Mueller indicted just today. I know. I heard about that. I didn't hear about that. Well, 
That's, uh... That's, uh, to be expected, I suppose. I suppose that's to be expected. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. News. Anyway, so what song should we play? Well, what would you like to hear? Oh, God, I don't know. God. God, I don't know. God, I don't know. Something pertinent in the shop where we go. (laughs) What do we have? Well, we have a a massive list of songs. Do you have a list somewhere? I have a list of Ned songs. Just Ned songs? Well, handy. Handy? Handy. While he's saying handy. Ah! (laughs) No, I don't have an exhaustive list, though. I did do a blog post about that last week. Oh. Maybe you should read your blog post. I was doing a list. An exhaustive list of songs. We don't have much to say. We don't have much to say. (laughs) We don't seem to have much to say. I've noticed. You guys write... You guys write my part, and it stinks. <laughs> you write my two lines. Two lines. Two lines. <laughs> Keep staring at me. You'd think a we speech could, was beyond We could me. play that song if we want to. That's true. Let's play that. Okay. We're playing that, that, Sulu's that, 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 Two Lines. It's the first Sulu song. Da, da, da. It was my first song. Da, 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 da. Here it goes. Um, two lines. Keep, Keep on, on following me. You think a speech was beyond me. As if I couldn't read. Same two lines They keep on staring at me From this tortured page In this awful story
Where do I sign? You get me on space wagon train. I'll do the green berets. I'll work for the fascist John Wayne. I'll do insipid commercials. If they were offered. So flavorful. That was extremely flavorful. Oh, sorry, I happened to be eating some juicy fruit gum. <laughs> and I found it very flavorful. I always mix up the gum that's in my mouth was a with burst the music that's in my ears. It was a burst of flavor. <laughs> was a burst of flavor. <laughs> was a burst of flavor. <laughs> I get gum that's the flavor of mayonnaise. My gum is the flavor of mayonnaise. Gum is the flavor of mayonnaise. Uh, so, uh... 
What the hell else do we have to play, Joe? Well, I don't know. Uh, do we songs by Carl Sagan. No, I don't think we do. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> not, not until yet. next week. Not yet. That's, not uh, yet. We're working on a... They're in production. <laughs> we're working on a special episode. They're currently in production. <laughs> the late scientist will be featured. Yes, and of course, Edward Teller. <laughs> yes. Edward Teller. Edward Teller. Yeah, that's right. The death and resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> Edward Teller and Carl Sagan. Oh, you know, Louis Angelini has a website now. Oh, he does? Oh, boy. Yes. I was just telling somebody about Louis. I think I was telling Debbie. I was trying to tell Debbie about the play that <laughs> his musical, which featured a a stick fight between Jesus Christ and Buffalo Bill. That's right. It was a stick fight. I don't remember the actors' names that played the part, but the guy that played Jesus Christ was a jerk. <laughs> the guy that played Buffalo Bill was a really nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> Our cousin David was in that play. That's right. He was in the chorus. And I was also telling Debbie how there was a there was a fight in the in the dressing room right at our opening night because I do remember that. Because one of the guys who played a Native American uh he was supposed to be the president of the United States. He was a Native American right. and he he did his lines differently and he screwed up the lines of another actor and that actor like confronted him and uh, they had a they had a fisty cuffs they were fighting they were like fist fighting they had to to be pulled apart oh my god and Louie came in and said it was just as I had envisioned (laughs) and yes he does sound a little bit like Carl Sagan (laughs) it was just as I I've actually talked to Lou. Yeah. Recently. Does he still sound like Carl Sagan kind of? He does kind of. He sounds older. Yeah. Where's he sound? <laughs> no, he doesn't sound like this. He no. sounds like this. He sounds like, he still talks like this. And he's very, uh, very, he speaks very carefully. Does he talk about jelly? <laughs> he doesn't talk about jelly. There's something that looks like a drop of jelly. <laughs> Dear me. No, he has a website that's actually kind of competently built by somebody. in the, write any uh, more plays? I don't know. I think he might have. That was a strange-ass play. That was, uh, Joe was supposed to be in that play, but he like, gave the part to me. <laughs> yeah, I took a pass. <laughs> I, think it was, I was 16. So I was one of his been, students. Yeah, you must have been 20, right? Yeah, yeah I, was in, I was at UC, and I was... Um, I was in one of his classes, and at the time, and he, I, saw, he was he came up to me and said, "You, you would be you perfect, would be perfect for this role. You would be perfect for this for this part it's where you don't I say looked. anything." <laughs> yeah, I know because I had long hair. Yeah. So I was like, "You're Italian, therefore you would make a perfect Native American." <laughs> I know. I said, well, I can't do it, but I know of a man. Yeah, because I was interested in acting at the time, so Joe gave me 
the part. Matt was Matt was running from acting gig to acting gig. Yes, uh, yeah, the, the was, same yeah. the same couple of weeks. Yeah, there was there was like a commercial. commercial for Chapel's Bonus yeah, Day, right? In which I played an My Eastern is Indian. It's <laughs> like going from playing an American Indian to an Eastern Indian. Yes, that was ridiculous. Anyway, my child, there is. But so I learned one. that acting was terrible because I hated everyone else involved. <laughs> no, not everyone, but uh, I learned that personalities. Chapel's bonus days were problematic. Using was using a racist commercial. <laughs> yes, I know they're racist commercials. My child, there is but one, and, and that leads to, to Chapel's bonus, bonus days. Did it tomorrow at Northern Lights or something? Right. Yeah. yeah. That was really great. I never saw the ad. I think I saw it once. Looks stupid. I gotta think so. So yes. That's probably what was I wonder Paisley. If anybody videotaped that play? Did Paisley do it? Yeah, yeah, yep. Oh Paisley. Was was Corey there? Probably. Jim wasn't there that day. Was it so. Skip? It was, uh, what's her name? Was Leslie. Direct- Leslie was directing. Oh, Leslie was directing? Yes. <laughs> oh, Jesus. God help us all. Yes. God help us all. I mean, it was a pretty simple thing. Skip was there. Yeah, I remember Skip was there. Well, Corey was probably there. Yeah, probably. My wife. That was a long time ago, Joe. Yes, it was 1979. What became Big Green, but didn't even think of having that name. Yeah, until it didn't become Big Green for late, 10 years. The late 80s, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> 10 years. But we, we started playing together pretty much as soon as we started to play. <laughs> you know what? We were always pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. We sucked pretty hard. One of these days, we're going to get good. <laughs> if we keep working at it, we'll get good. <laughs> It took 70 years for we finally, we finally competently oh. play a rock song. I finally got... Oh. <coughs> we never, he died. We never, we never <laughs> learned that you have to work out songs. <laughs> <laughs> they just kind of play. Yeah, like, our, I don't have time to our method work was out to, songs. Here, here we had, like, our older brother was... <laughs> well, he could work out songs on the fly. Everything about music. <laughs> we knew it. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> and we were the ones making the band. Uh, it was basically everybody play at the same time. <laughs> it just didn't happen. Well, we actually have... It didn't, work, we, didn't work out parts. We have one recording that I think reflects what we sounded like in 1981 relatively, relatively well. But that the one with the us playing like band live, covers and yeah, the and the live demo that we did a song it. called Silence, Silence yes. as a Stone. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I think that was the first song I ever played bass on. <laughs> that was the first song I ever wrote on piano. <laughs> <laughs> so 
though. There are lots of firsts on that. I know, mm. lots of firsts. But if you listen to that recording, that's about what we sounded like. Yeah, yeah, that's what it sounded like. <laughs> it's like preserved in epic. Can we play that? Can we? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Okay, I we're have going to play that. Joe's. We're going to play that. Okay. So Here it comes. As a stone. It's, it's featuring David Cassidy on vocals. It's like Tim had that bizarre solo. I know. <laughs> it's like, well, this, but I mean, that's what I mean. It's like it's like distilled. It's that band, that configuration of the band, distilled into into its essence, which is Tim playing like a like a like a lunatic. Well, it's like he plays he plays this coherent part. But then it's like got some like really strange dissonance in it. It's like yeah. that, that kind of puts a question mark over your head, like, huh? Yeah. It kind of breaks your brain if you listen to it. It's like, oh, huh? It, over the years, he played some solos that were like, I, I listened to them for years and I still, when I hear them, I'm going to like, <laughs> it's like, wow, that's, that's wild. It's wild, it's wild Steve. It's wild, Steve. It's, it's wild. wild. <laughs> Interesting non-Western conception. Yeah, he was. He, <laughs> it was Western, but not, kind of Western technique, but yeah. non-Western tonalities. There was nobody. <laughs> nobody had quite that approach. <laughs> I've never met anybody who played like that. Yeah, he's different. He was crazy. That's so. Uh, I think it's all that sort of. Uh, you know, I don't know. He is a. He used to. He had books on like Liddy and. Well, he yeah he did <laughs> compulsively <theory>. did scales <laughs> too. Does this really complicated scale work? It's like and consequently his yes. solo sounded like no. <laughs> there was a lot of scales in there. Whereas me, I never played scales. <laughs> I played a little bit of scales because he influenced me because I was so much younger than him. Yes, I was so much younger. I was younger then. I'm much older than that now. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'll try to dig up silent as a stone. Okay, what else can we play for the folks?
Ned Trek stuff is probably too recent to play again. Yeah. Well, we just the played one stuff. full. <laughs> full. I <laughs> <laughs> just played one full. Trying to think of what would be relevant. Would be relevant. Um, <laughs> we could, I mean, there's cuts off of our albums. Well, Jesus Christ. Well, I'm reaching. Anything that isn't on an album that sounds relatively competent for these people. I think most of our songs now are Ned Tricks. We've done so many of them. Chances are. Chances are. Oops. For a moment you'll come into view. Writing is like completely illegible to me. That's it, sugar, sugar. I think that's the Archie's jam. Super Sugar Christ. Uh. <laughs> that's that's a yeah, I know. That's that a Rick Perry song. Yeah. yeah, do we have any Rick Perry songs? Oh, that's one of our albums. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, we got twenty-one <laughs> of them on the album. <laughs> What's that last one that's on the album? That one was always amusing to me. Oh. Oh. The one about the dong. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not what it's about. Just says it and just says it. It's not about a dog. <laughs> yes, yes, we can play that. Okay, I'm gonna play that one. Okay, it's, it's it should have been. Oh, it should have been me. Yeah, it should have been me. We'll play. It should have been me. A one and a two and a three. It should have been me. It should have been me. Standing up there, getting the cheers. It should have been you. It should have been me, winning the lease on four years. It should have been you. It should have been me, in the debates, serving the quips, y'all. It should have been you. It should have been me, rocking the clown, scoring the hits. Well, I can't accept, no, I can't accept, no, I can't accept my loss, no, I, I will come back, I'm on the track, I feel it with my toes, I'm happy to Rick, write us a song, boy, howdy, Rick, you get along, little dog, Rick, never reload. 
would have been me Smirking a smirk, smiling a smile It should have been you It should have been me That wanted to seek, that wanted to pile so well oh so 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 remember we did a we did a rick perry song after we did the album that was going to be like our yeah you never want to play that one you didn't like that one i thought that was the we did a mix of it though didn't we? yeah yeah oh yeah can you find that one yeah don't yeah play that one okay we have a little reprise of rick perry yeah, we actually we tried to do a video. Yes, I know. I've got some raw <laughs> footage of Joe upset because I had this great idea. I turned the film over, and it's like Joe standing on his head in green screen, with just so you can see his feet like in space, like, like running. <laughs> we were trying to do a green screen so that it would show us like. Which are like Rick, like shooting guns at us. Yeah, and, and like, we'd be running away. We'd be running because <laughs> someday we're gonna have whole, to still finish that. The whole song is about. Don't tell Rick. Yeah. Don't tell Rick. Don't tell Rick. Did we? Did we already say we're playing that? <laughs> yeah. Did we play it? No, we can play it now. Okay, we're playing it now. We're playing it now. Don't tell. Don't tell Rick, ladies. Don't tell Rick. Yeah. From a few years ago. Don't tell Rick that we did an album.
I wish we did the video. We should have done the video. Should have done the video. It was a mistake not to do the video. It was a mistake not to do the video. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. What's happening at the uh, the, preserve? uh, At the preserve. Mr. Perry. Mr. Perry. Um. Well, it's it's still kind of wintry, so uh, can't do any planting yet. I'm mostly uh, revamping some of our trails and, and infrastructure uh been monitoring our falcons and getting forage for our beaver colony and i was a little worried about one of our beavers our oldest beaver because she was acting a little strangely she wasn't oh, no. she didn't come out for four days julia oh julia was 11 years old is she okay so I was, i'm not positive she came out today, and she seemed kind of normal the first time she came out, and then she was really pokey the second time. I think she's okay. She's gone through this before, so. Hmm. But I hope she's okay. So I'm worried about Julia a little bit. I could see why. why? I could see why. Um, the other beavers seem fine. Tippy was a little bit. Tippy's her daughter, who's six years old, who's still with the colony, even though they usually leave after they're two years old. Uh, Tippy's been a little bit skittish, um, but I think she's okay. But the beavers are all looking forward to coming out in the pond because the ice is starting to break up now. Break up. And you do realize that most beaver colonies in the North Country, they get iced under and they can't come out of their lodge in their underwater area for the entire four-month period of winter. <laughs> You're turning into the Fred Rogers of Spring Farm Care. <laughs> well, Joe. <laughs> well, Joe, how's Whaley? <laughs> I've got Whaley here. i got Whaley here. Whaley right here. <laughs> i got Whaley right here. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't want to see Whaley. <laughs> oh, no, I dropped my kazoo. What the hell? Did we play another song or did we do enough? Can we just put some wooden balls in there? We'll put some wooden balls in there. I'll throw another song in there. What the hell? 
Okay. A bonus song that is kind of a mystery song. A mystery meat Just song. Just going to put some mystery song in here. Mystery song. So maybe it'll... Are you ready for your mystery song? Maybe it'll be a... It'll be a... <laughs> Prince or a dud? Or what the hell did they say in <laughs> Yeah. This? Will it'll he be a dream or, or a dud? dud? Yeah. The dream looks like Greg Brady and the dud looks like Greg Brady. <laughs> looks like, I don't know. <laughs> Rebel without a cause. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> the dad looks like Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it just looks like a guy with jeans. So yeah, a guy with jeans and a t-shirt and kind of like a little disheveled looking. Let's see a dud, Mister Redide E. Newman. Okay, so right. here it comes. Here comes your mystery date. Oh my god, I can't. I was so surprised to hear that one. I didn't, I forgot all about I that song. D- I haven't heard that song in that, forever. God, it does. You know, what was interesting was the the melody, the orchestration was flawless. <laughs> flawless, <laughs> it was floss, floss, floss. Don't forget the floss, Dick. Don't forget the floss. Ah. Okay, so. I suppose we should... Yeah, we should wrap this up. I'm a god. It's, like it it's time to go. Okay, well, I guess it's time okay, to go. Okay, it's time to <laughs> well, go. Well, I guess it's time to go. <laughs> and I'm running for Senate. Oh, yeah, Jesus Christ. That's him that again. Promises. Ugh. Promises great. Great joy for all of us. It's time for us to go. It's time for us to go. It's time for 
us, it's time for us, it's time for us to go. It's time for us to go. It's time for us to go. It's time for us, it's time for us, it's time for us to go. It's time for us to go. It's time for us to go. It's time for us, it's time for us, it's time for us to go. It's time for us to go. It's time for us to go. It's time for us, it's time for us, it's time for us to go. Time for us to go. Time for us to go. Now we're gone. For us to go. Mwah. Mwah. See you next Well, that's it for this month. This is Big Green brought to you by, uh, I don't know, the Mercers, the Cokes, somebody with a lot of money. Chicklist. The Chicklist. Brought to you by the... <laughs> brought to you by the Chicklist. Brought to you by Crime. <laughs> Come visit us at big-green.net. Follow me on Twitter at Big Green Joe. Oh my goodness, it's almost over. Don't let it end this way. No.